This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks, to the next episode of Chewing the Cud. And today we look back to the usual fucking embarrassment at Anfield. Uh, we just never told up there. Slow the shite. And um, we look forward to like a massive, massive, another massive game uh, home to Leeds tomorrow. Uh, full crew again today, Colly, Richie and Chris. Good afternoon, gents. Hey, All right, Carl, start off with you. Uh, it's typical Everton. Like, we, we got a hopes up after it. Like, a fantastic display against Arsenal. And, uh, going into... No, I don't know what we got a hopes of. <laughs> I really don't. But uh, we kind of had hopes of even snatching the point out there. But as usual, we just... The minute we go into that dump, we just turned the shite and shit to bed. Yeah, well, I mentioned it on the podcast last week, Joe. Our biggest issue is consistency, and we, we just don't have any as a team. Um, I, I, I failed to understand, and it's not only the last six months, it's the last 18, 24 months that we just can't string a, a group of results together, you know? Um, now, I'm sure Chris will go on at some stage in this podcast and, 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 and speak about small margins and, you know, half an inch to the right. And that header was in the back of the net, you know, the kind of way, and we, we, we take the lead. You know, then you look at, uh, uh, again, I'm not being, I'm not trying to criticise people here, but, you know, hindsight's a great thing. And I'm sure if Ghana and, and, and Seamus Coleman sat down, they should have taken the foul, you know, they should have taken the man down, paid the card, particularly Seamus. And again, I'm not having to go with Seamus, but you had the ideal opportunity. Um, we've no pace at the back either. Um, a couple of lads that I work with, a few of them are lead supporters and, and one is a Liverpool supporter. And the amount of slagging I got when I, I mentioned last week that on paper, air midfield three should have been better than Liverpool mid, midfield three. But that simply wasn't the case last week, you know. Um, I, I genuinely thought that we'd overrun them in the middle of the park, which would have given us some hope of getting even a draw out of it. But thought we were very poor, you know. Um, I, I would, I would, and again, you know, we we do this podcast as fans, Joe, and you know, as much as we like Seamus Coleman, he just and he'll probably tell you himself he was on this podcast, he shouldn't be playing week in, week out. Um uh, Mikolenko, extremely poor. Um again, we could do one team podcast in relation to the recruitment that just has been non existent in, in the club and even the recruitment that has happened, like uh, Mikalenko's nearly started every game, but yet you have a reserve defender, left full Vinegri. He must be worth Mutton Joe. He, he must be doing, he must be a player to be honest with you. He can't force his way in over Mikalenko. And again, probably a bit harsh on my side, but what is it about Anfield? You show up and, well, sorry, we, we attend a game, we don't show up. Um, that's the worst Liverpool side I've seen. In, a good three or four years and, and they didn't get out of second gear for me dude and I okay their front three is full of pace and power you know but we just couldn't handle them Joe um, people will point the finger at Pickford I don't think he he, he imagined that that ball was going to get to where uh, or Salah was going to get to that ball he has on times uh, he, he he's a great he, he can play the 
the occasion, let's say, rather than the game mm. at times. But overall, Joe just felt we were very poor. Um, we don't have a great history of coming back from when we're when we go one nil down and look at you know the heads went down. But the only the only optimistic thing I will say is, um, if you'd offered me three points before the Arsenal Liverpool game. I would have snapped your hand off. Um, and I know, look, we're entered into a period now where we need wins, but Liverpool was poor. Will it ever change? In some respects, I'm actually surprised Like uh, Liverpool didn't give us a lender. Nunes are one of their strikers in January because it's an easy six or four points for them every, every, uh, every season. So, you know, they, they, they probably in hindsight probably should have given us a lender of a striker, you know, because we just... I don't know, we share, share our pants, Joe, whenever we go there, you know? Uh, that's the thing, Rich, we just, all optimism, any optimism, it just disappears when we go after that shithole, it's just, uh, I don't know what it is, it's it's like, it's been going on for donkey's years, and like, it's, teams have changed, and managers have changed, but we just don't, talk, all right, take the, the blip, when we, when we beat them now, uh, during the COVID, but uh, we just, we just, I don't know what it is. No, I, I think there's clearly a mentality thing as well, you know, that there is just a, a fear factor that is, and it's strange, you know, because managers change, players change, but mm. ultimately it's the same thing. And I think it's, I don't know, I watched a few things kind of leading up to the game and you hear Carragher was doing with uh, Across the Park podcast and basically he was saying, you know, that any time that they were playing and they just felt that they were going to win whereas we're the complete opposite and it, it tells mm. you know you think if you get one you just go on and win and it's just about kind of you know we went in with a bit of optimism on the back of one performance you know probably false you know given given where we are you know we're there for a reason it's the same group of players are not just going to turn around and you know we haven't put in a, a decent away performance in, in I don't know how long that's mine go there uh, but still what what was really disappointing about it was just it it seemed like the the lack of effort the lack of intensity you know we we didn't get close to them we didn't we didn't engage with them you know and just did everything at their pace you know they controlled everything and just rolled over and had our belly tickled again and that's you know mm. got all the sound bites last week about maximum effort and everything and you think right you know there's going to be a change here but ultimately it's the same thing again you know Collie mentioned there you know midfield on paper yeah but I mean games aren't played on paper unfortunately like they were atrocious like you know mm-hmm. and I know I think losing Dom changes the way we need to play and we we don't have a solution to it really like but trying to get those guys to play hold the ball a bit more trying to pass through just not capable of it you know that's what Lampard was trying to do and they're, they're not good enough gee ball going on they can't pass the ball five yards you know going under their legs different things just errors errors silly turnovers you know in-game management from experienced professionals like and it's it's just really disheartening because you say right you you want that effort you want that you you want to see a corner being turned and it's just it's a bit of a kick you know again look I don't think we can get too down about it. Um, mm. It's one performance the same way as we shouldn't have been getting as piped up as uh, on, on the back of beating Arsenal. But to me, it's just you you want a, a consistent level of performance, you know. And if you can get results along with it, great. But again, I just felt that there was a big drop off on, on the on the effort level, you know. And I think it's just 
the, the, the quality, but for me, they just didn't want it enough, you know. That and and that's that that's what hurts the most, you know. At this stage, you take it and be, you know, we're well used to being beaten there. But the, the, for me, the the last thing you want is to is to see a team just kind of going in and to and, and to let them do what they want. And we did it again, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's just a, it's a recording team, but the, the thing is, uh, like Richie's kind of spot on, and Dice alluded to Chris that can't get too high. You can't get too low, but the word there is consistency. Like those who play very well against Arsenal, like McNeil, Awobi, Dakari, just reverted to shit against Liverpool. I'm not just singling them out, but you know, they were the ones who we spoke about last week who, who were, and Mikalenko probably as well, were class, but just, just never ever turned up the other night. It's a huge contrast to the Arsenal game where we were singing everyone's praises and everyone was on it and then for everyone to be so off it a week later. Again, that's why we are where we are. The last touch on consistency and being consistent, doing it week in, week out is what separates, you know, very good players to decent or average players. And unfortunately, we have very little, you know, good players, plenty average players and a lot of players that aren't fit for it. It's sort of, it's not even getting beaten by them that hurts because we always get fucking beat by them. We've been beaten in injury time, last minute, cup semi-finals, refereeing, this, you name it, hammered by them. It's the manner of it. I would, you know, you could kind of stomach if we brought the same kind of, you know, qualities we showed in the Arsenal game. If we had a brought that level of performance and we had been beaten, you would have said, all right, well, you know, what well, didn't happen for us, but we just looked we, like we couldn't do the basics. Players were just headless. There was no out ball in possession. We were atrocious. You know, you, you see the team sheet, you have young Sims up front, and it's not his fault. He's been brought back from Sunderland and thrown into a derby. Mm. You know, you can't blame him. And the lad was given scraps. So when the ball was played into him, he, he couldn't hold it. So he tried to play out from the back, try and draw them on, and we, we can't do it. You know, we've seen that with Lampard. I thought Tarkovsky was diabolical. He he doesn't deserve to play the next game after that. I'd bring Mina back in or Godfrey back in. Godfrey even so with the pace, especially after his performance against Haaland a while back. But we were just so poor. It was the manner of it, you know. it was it, At the end, it was a training game for them. And they were poor. They were struggling. And Collie is right, it is, you know, small margins. We just don't get the rub. As bad as we are and we don't help ourselves, we just don't get the rub of the green there. That ball bounces in off the post. We're one up, we something to hold on to. Their players are under pressure. The crowd is edgy and it's a different game completely. Mm-hmm. And we could, you know, we might well get a drive and get our tails up. And unfortunately, once we go behind, we just, we don't have any goals in that team. It's, if we're going to win games this year, it's going to be... 1-0 or 2-1 set pieces or getting draws. Could be just 16 goals in 22 games. It's diabolical. Worst in the league. And, you know, to go the whole January window without signing anybody, the worry was always that that was going to come back and haunt us. And it's the failings of the board, regardless of the managers, directors of unit. Well, you know, it, should, it shouldn't have happened. You know, we needed firepower. It looks like Cavalier isn't going to be back anytime soon. And even if when he is, he's he's better than anything we have. But he's still not top level striker. You know, he has his flaws as well. But 
yeah, look, it was just really, it was really disappointing. The manner of the defeat, you know, they were there for not there for the taking, but they were struggling, and we let an eighteen-year-old kid run the run the game. Their midfielder, I won't even try to pronounce his name. We were really, really poor. Didn't help ourselves at all, and we're kind of all doom and gloom again. And that kind of increases the pressure on the Leeds game now. It's it's really it's a must win. You know, they have Southampton the week after, so if they rock up and beat us, that could be six points and who are who are in deep shit then, you know, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But look, it's just you know, what can you do? I'm sure Dice will get around them and they know where they went wrong. We mentality it was, you know. On paper, yeah, our midfield should have been better, but things start going against us, we go into our shell and away from home. It's all well like we'll listen when the fans are on on our side, and we go to other places, we two away wins in two years or something. Diabolical, mm-hmm. awful. I don't know what the number is, but two away wins in the last you know, 30 or 30 odd games, it's atrocious. Really, really bad. It's definitely a mentality thing, and it is going to take Dyche a bit of time to turn that around. And, you know, Liverpool and Arsenal are two tough fixtures from the start. It's like, you know, Liverpool have six, 40, 45 million strikers. No other team in Europe has that, you know. Mm. It is hard to keep them out. And other games they've played, Brighton and Wolves, where they've been beaten, they've had chances and they just haven't gotten the first goal and the game has flipped. They still have it in their locker with their attacking options and, and we just we didn't help ourselves. We got caught and that, that was that. But we look forward. Yeah. That's, we just have to keep keep the head. I know it's, it's hard at times. Like last week, Collie, we were just this is it, the corner tour. But usually we're just on the roundabout. We just come back to the same shit all the time. Uh, just we have a look at the two goals. Um, now I know he said Collie that Garner should have took uh, Nunes down. There's no way in hell he's catching him. He just he was gone. Like he looked like he was excited, but he wasn't. I don't think he was close enough to to put a, a boot in, and like they say, take one for the team. But uh, there are a lot of people saying the was at fault. Does he gamble and go for the middleman? Like there was three fellas in the box waiting on that cross, and all alone. So he he, he kind of gambled and went for the middleman. Like you said, Salah got it, got there before him, but. Does it go down as a mistake? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's unfair in some ways the amount of criticism that he has got. He 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 made he made a decision and the decision turned out to be wrong. And unfortunately, if you're a goalkeeper and you make the wrong decision, generally the results end up being the ball put in the back of the net. Um, you know, yeah. Look, he, he'll hold his hand up, and he, I'm sure he'll assess. You know what he should have done. Maybe with, I know Alan Kelly's still there, and you know what, what you said about Garner, Joe. And yeah, he probably wasn't near them, but I do think Shame has had the the best opportunity on the on the edge of their box just to take him on whoever came out with the ball. But again, small margins, Joe. Mm-hmm. This was spot on about the header from Tarkovsky, and and but then you look at you go in a hard time one upright, and okay, we're all doing the gloom, but. If he'd stayed in the game, I'm sure. I'm sure Deutsch's, Deutsch's, you know, comments to the team was, "Look, if we can stay in the game, get one back, crowd get edgy, and and who knows where it's going to end." Four minutes into the second half, and we must be now again. I wish I knew the stats of this, but we must be the worst team to 
Um, we must be the worst team to let go all day and immediately after half time. Because who the manager is, you know, under Lampard, we were absolute nightmares for doing it. Mm. You know, Foreman is in the second half, Deutsch's uh, half time team talk got out the window. Like, we, we struggled to get one back, let alone two, you know, the Queen away. And, you know, I've listened to other podcasts through the week and, and they said, well, you know, when they went two up, it was kind of like, let's just wrap it up now and, and, and you know, get out of here with a 2 new loss. And, and in fairness, you know, if, if you're honest with yourself, you're probably admitting, yeah, or probably that way as well, you know, the Queen away. And it's just, why can't we do a week in, week out? Regardless who the, who the uh, opposition is, Joe, I just don't know. I really don't. Um, it's just seen, literally Jekyll and Hyde team we are, you know, and okay, we don't help ourselves by chopping and changing the manager. Um, but Jesus, lads, you know, if you're going to put in a, a level of commitment one week, that has to be the, the base level for the level of commitment that you put in the following week, surely. That's that's the magic uh, thing, isn't it? A little bit of dust every week. Maybe she got a hypnotist in. Paul McKenna, one of these lads. <laughs> I said, lads, listen, it's a fucking Brazil. Go out and do it. It's uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's it's frustrating, disappointing, and everything put in. But uh, I don't know, Rich. Again, going back to the Pickford. Um, People are slating him, but listen, he owes us nothing. I mean, I think he, he kept us in the league last year, played class. But what, what's he going to do against three lads? He just picked the wrong one. That's basically what he did. Yeah, look, it's, for me, it's an error. I mean, he's totally out of position. He's in the wrong. He's too far out from the goal. He's yeah, to stay on his line. He gambled and he's not staying on the line, no, but he shouldn't be out kind of beyond the penalty spot. Mm. Uh, and give him space to set up the room so that he can come forward if needs be or he can go back if needs be. He was too far and he, he gambled. Look, it, there, was, there was, I don't know how many of them were there. There was four or five of them attacking the goal anyway. But mm. he just made it easy in the end. But I think Mikalenko helped because he got caught in no man's land. He was he was central and then he ran towards Nunes, didn't make it. And, you know, he just made it easy. So there was no one covering that space in the middle. of McNeil and Tarkowski to like, Two trucks trying to get back, like I mean, against the, the, the pace of them. So for me, Mikalenko kind of made the decision, kind of you know, he just made it easy and he made it give him the time to kind of play it into into that space. You know, if he'd got something on on the clearance, but he didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an error from about four or five of them. You know, yeah. Coleman, Ghana, Pickford, Mikalenko, all you know, and it, it's just. Typical, the amount of goals that we score from turnovers, and um, you know where, where we have the ball as well. But you know, the boys are right. Just small margins, whatever. Came out to McNeil, took a touch, took the shot. Could have easily fell to the core, and then just you know trying to get our feet right to turn around and and not. I don't know. We nine players forward. You know, that's it. To the last time we'll we'll gamble and put that many players forward for a long time <laughs> <laughs> after. But it's. It's just really disappointing to give away a goal in that manner, you know, because as poor as we'd been, I suppose, we'd let them kind of dictate. They no big chance as such. And, mm. you know, we kind of had two corners and say, right, it's not a whole pile. But if you can just build up, get into half time, just frustrate them, frustrate the crowd, get get beyond half time. It changes mentality a little bit. You know, if you get in, you say, right, let's have a go at this in 15 minutes time. But once you go one down. We're not getting two goals there for, for love, no money, you know. Mm. So, concede the first one, you know, 
second one the same, you know, just caught it, caught it in possession and broke and should it should have been done again. Robertson should have been cleaved out of it. He should just be fucking cleaved out of it every time that he gets he near should it. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should do but, it. Um, yeah, just, just, just both really, really disappointed. And then the one chance that you do have to get back here to you've Tom Davis in the end of it, just make him sweat a bit at the end of it. Oh, stop. You know, yeah. And it's it's horrific for professional football. I know if, if you close your eyes, you know, uh, and I know he, look, he gets, I don't know if it's his first touch or whatever, he gets stick, but that's that's not acceptable. No. You know, to be not hitting the target from there, it's it's really, really poor. And and look, we wouldn't have deserved anything out of it, but with 10, 12 minutes to go, you're, you're a goal down. You can afford to gamble a bit and have a have a crack launch a few balls into the box and see what happens. And, you know, we just didn't even get, get, get to that stage. And again, it's just that clinical edge, not even a clinical edge, but just that ability in front of goal. We, we just don't have it. And it's... It's worrying for the rest of the season because without Dom, as as Chris said, you know he may not be the most prolific, but he just gives something else. So I think it's going to be a struggle, a big struggle. Yeah, yeah the, the thing about uh, Sims, Chris, just talking about Merlin, the kid thrown in, but like, like obviously he's not going to do it to the same level as Dom, but like he's that kind of target man or outball as I like to call it. But as we as good as we did against Arsenal, we had two men in around Dom for flick ons or knockdowns. There was nobody close to Sims at all during the whole game and the ball was going up to him. Any time we did get the ball, no one there to give it to. They're all strolling up towards him. So I felt sorry like you said there, I felt sorry for the kid because thrown in the deep end really in the shithole, but he got no help. Yeah, and that was sort of the similar, even with Dom, the first 20 minutes of the Arsenal game, as we mentioned last week, he'd no support, and then we started pushing a Wobi up, and uh, the Corey or whatever, closer to him, and, you know, there was someone to get on the end of the flick-ons, or at least pick up the second balls and bring other players into play, but he was just isolated. The times he did win the ball, yeah, as you said, they two defenders to take it off him, but... You know, when it, any time we've seen him from Sunderland, though, he seems like a fella that can carry a ball. You know, he, he can run into the box and he's he's a good finisher. For a fella of six foot three, like, he didn't win one header. You know, he's he's not like the target man that Dom is, despite his physical frame. I think he's a little bit more in terms of he can carry the ball and make his way into the box. Dom is a good target man. He links play well and he's more of a finisher, I guess, a box striker. So, in a way, he was kind of... It wasn't really his game anyway, in, in that sense. I think, anyway, again, just going by what, you know, what we've seen from when he played at Sunderland, but that just says he's a kid. He's, he's, he's so raw. He's a lot of different areas to work on in his game, and the idea will be he'll get coached and he'll you know, send him out alone. Bringing him back isn't even <laughs> ideal for anybody. That's, it should be the way it, he develops at a good level in the championship and as to his game. But, yeah, wait, look, we've been calling, a lot of fans have been calling for him, give, give the young lad a chance and stuff. Maybe it'd be a bit different at Goodison. You know, home game, you might have a little bit more of the ball in certain fixtures. But a game like that, not doing him any favours. And even Cal Raleon playing, to be honest with you, I don't think he would have got a whole lot of service. We just, again, the mentality thing, we just, we're just afraid of him. Really, mm. you know, lose our mentality running from top to bottom, and we just can't shake it off. But I personally would have 
I'd like to see Damari Gray. I thought he'd done okay when he, he done all right when he came on. Like at least he has a bit of pace, you know. I would have had Damari Gray up on Alexander there, trying to get in behind him with his pace, you know. What, what do you do? I definitely I'd rather I'd rather Gray against Leeds than Mopai or Sims. I think he has that thunder bastard of a goal in his locker on his day, Gray. Even if they're only three or four a season, but you know he he's a threat with his pace. Even though he's frustrating and he runs down blind alleys and his decision mate, he's just better than what everything we have at the minute. So I'd be I'd be playing him, you know. Swiss Deutsch is going to have to adjust our style. We can't just... It's tricky because there's no target, man. And we can't play our way out. So we can't do either. So what do you do? Was catch 22. And that's where mm. our hands are tied. Even the options on the bench, there's nothing there to change a game. We can't change our system or it's like for like all the time. So, yeah, it's it's just one of them, you know. Ideally, we would have got a striker in and we probably could have let Sims go back out on loan, but yeah, we're, we're up shit's creek when it comes to strikers. Yeah, just no, just like that. Even looking at the bench, you know, I mentioned it in the chat when the team news came out, Collie, there was, there was nothing, there was nothing to change the game. Well, apart from Gray, but uh, our, like our options are just next to zero now as far as strikers go. Especially yeah, informed in strikers, which we don't have any. Like, to be honest with you, Joe, um, the whole Sims thing, I, I, you know, I've listened to other podcasts through the week or since the Liverpool game, and one or two have suggested that Deutsch wanted to troll me in just to see what he was like. Others suggested, which I kind of tend to agree that obviously he has a similar physique to the Dom and that, you know, was Deutsch, hope, Deutsch hoping that he could hold it up. But, like, we keep referring to Sims as a kid. He's not a kid. He's 22 years of age. And, and there's other strikers in the Premiership. Oh, I'm telling you, it's a kid compared to me. <laughs> well, of course, compared to me as well, Joe, you know. But what, what I'm trying to say is, this, this lad wasn't getting a regular game in Sunderland. Okay, he got a few goals for them. You know, and if you if you look at some of the comments from the Sunderland fans and the Hearts fans, each and every one of them agreed that he wasn't Premiership level or certainly isn't at the moment. You know, I think it's very unfair on the lad, and then he's getting criticism. Then, and, and you said it already. You know, no support coming from 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 the midfield. You need that to have someone. I think Sims can only play in the two, Joe. That's just a personal thing. Mm. Um, I pull up on the Irish Toffees Facebook page. Now look, air season's not going to be defined by a loss to them, um, but air season will be defined by how we 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 uh, or how many points we can take, say, from the next five games. Um, but in, in you know, Tom Tom Lewin, from what I'm led to believe, and the stuff I've read in various articles, that his injury was horrific. Like I talk about Kavaman type of injury here, right? Uh, when Rafa Benitez was their manager, he pushed him on, should never have been pushed on, and brought him back too early. Seemingly, this level of injury, and again, I, I, I'm listening to and reading various. Uh, publications that this is a massive massive injury this is like you know possibly career ending and unfortunately you'll always have continuous uh, injuries due to the, the actual initial injury that covered Lewin but Joe the club have, have had three transfer windows uh, a January a summer and a January to, to rectify so how unprofessional how you know 
So that's where it, it boils down to. And I see Carver Dillon getting criticised as well, right? And don't get me wrong, there's times I turn around and say, I wish you would just pull up the socks and come on the pitch. But the chap, see, he, got, he went into the Arsenal game and it, it, it was a risk that he was feeling the hamstring um, and that the hamstring is tightened. Um, now, he's been linked uh, He's been linked with a similar style injury to Sturridge, or type of same player that Sturridge had. You, you might get him for a week or two, and then he goes out for three or four weeks. That's not good enough, unfortunately, for us at the mm. moment. But it's not It's not, It's not. the chap's fault, you know, the kind of way. But again, I'm going back to the original point, which I know I waffle too much in this podcast because I've been told it. But we had three transfer windows. How told you that? Now, <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had three transfer windows to sort out our striking issue, and it hasn't happened. You know what the guy's thing is, Joe? I was only obviously thinking about this podcast today. We let a player go in December, freed up, we, you know, we, we broke his contract, whatever the case would be. And I'm sure if Deutsch was in there now, he probably would have held on to it. Random. Oh, stop. No, Carly, stop. I know, yeah. I know, but. Carly, have a lawyer now. What? Have yeah, a lie down. So, Stop. I'm working too hard. But now it, it's. I feel sorry for Sims, Joe. Um, the young lad should have been kept at Sunderland. He really should have. And if 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 he'd gone on to Sunderland to the end of the season and maybe got another four or five goals for Sunderland, and then Deutsch felt in the summer, okay, he's not everything material. And you sell him to a championship club for seven, eight, nine million, let's say. Yet we bring him back here, he's on the bench, you might get two or three million if we're lucky in the summer. Doesn't make it doesn't make good business sense and it doesn't make good playing sense from from a four team point of view for me anyway. Well, I, I counteract that. If we don't bring him back from Sunderland, we have Neil Mope as our only striker. So he has How to be brought it? back. Oh, actually, yeah, sorry, Rich. Obviously, uh, Lampard and and the club knew that we weren't going to buy anybody. They knew that's why they brought him back. Same with uh, who else was brought back and then sold on. Oh, yeah, they, they, they went to Ipswich. Broadhead. Yeah. Broadhead. Yeah. So, they obviously knew that there wasn't a pot to piss in going into January, so... I'm doing the way, that, Kali, if, 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 if the way we play... Go on, Richard. If the way that we play is, oh, you know what, we need an out-ball to dominate, he hasn't been available for... He's been in and out for two years. How do we end up with Neil, Neil Mopez, our backup, who is completely different style, completely different yeah. physique? I mean... It's like you're just picking a picking a lottery ticket and saying, oh, yeah, give us anyone at all that has striker at the end of their name. It makes no sense. Yeah. Well, Why haven't we been at the free market at the moment? Short-term deal for the striker till the end of the season. A big old lump up, up forward. I don't, I don't understand that either. Give, give someone a four or five month contract to the end of the season. Now, I know, look, the free agents for a reason, but surely there's someone out there on a free that we could get in just to help us out in some respect. Okay, my head is screaming now, Marnie, yes, but we'll, we'll just move on. Listen, we'll sweep that match under the carpet, Chris, because it's just... It, listen, we could have the same review that same away every single day. We just just never turn up. No matter what form we have, it's just... It's just, just uh, if we go on to Leeds, this, I know people say this is a sick pointer. Uh, this is... This is massive. It's probably, I don't want to build it up too much, but it's probably one of the biggest games of the year because we lose this. Like you said, they, they play Southampton next week. We're looking at, well, six points plus 
like goal difference is probably another point. So we're looking at being seven points adrift. Yeah, look, it's it's a season of finer, I guess. You know, you get beat and the chips are down and any bit of positivity from the Arsenal game is swept under the carpet. We win and it's two wins out of three and things are looking differently, you know. It's with Villa at home to call me Forest coming up. It's you know, the result is gonna shape our perception, I suppose, towards the rest of the season. Um it just there's huge pressure on the game, you know. And you know how we are in high pressure situations. It's Leeds have bought a couple of players. They bought McKenney in, they Bamford back, the, the other lads, the left winger, what's his name? He's play playing well, Granato or however you pronounce Nonto, his name. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. yeah, he's quick. You know, they have a bit of pace about them. They can score goals. Leeds are probably like us in a way in terms of they give away stupid goals that they shouldn't, unnecessary goals. You know, defensively they're still not not particularly great, but they they just have more goals in their locker than we do. It's pretty obvious to say that the first goal is going to be key. It is. It is in most games, and it's it's an easy thing to say, but in a game like this where just so much riding on, it's going to be so much tension. We really need to get ourselves ahead because if we concede, you know, we open up a bit. The pace they have on the break, it's very hard to see us getting back into it. At least if we get ourselves ahead, the crowd will be on it, you know. Such a big game. Get our noses in front and go to some, you would hope, will carry us over the line, you know. But it's just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. It's sad that. You dread games, you know. Being a football fan, regardless of, you know, not not that we expect to win every week, but you should have a bit of optimism, a bit of hope going into games, enthusiasm, looking forward to going. It's just, it's a it's a feeling of dread every week, regardless of who we're playing, home and away. It's sad, you know. It's it's really it's fucking sad, man. But. I, I don't I don't know what to say, Joe. It's just <laughs> I'm trying not to think too much about it, really, until it comes. You know, it's at the point where I don't watch any other football. I haven't watched a league game all season. I haven't watched any other football other than Everton. I watch our games. That's it. Don't watch any other games. Don't watch match of the day. Don't watch Sky Sports. I just don't want to know. I just don't want to see that league table. I'm trying to just get on with my life and just pretend that this isn't happening, you know, because it it brings you down. It really does. Maybe you should start watching a few other games. Might cheer you up. (laughs) Yeah, realise how bad we are. You know, but... Yeah, good morning back tonight, Chris. Yeah, watch Shelbourne now tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, Rich. Uh, I, I, I kind of uh, looking at Leeds. Like they, they go hammering tongs. I mean, they, they, they just it's like the little Joris Shelbourne. just wind them up and and they're gone. But I think if if we kind of adjust our system a little bit and just similar to when Lampard was in, they just play on the break. But we need pace. That's that's the thing. We need we need pace. So. Does does well? I think Ray starts for us. He, he just comes in, no matter who who take whose place he takes. But does he take Sims out and put Malpe in and just play a totally different system? 
I don't know, to be honest. I don't know how he's going to go about it. Uh, even if it's Demario Gray up front of his own, if he wants to keep that midfield five, because they did well against Arsenal. I think just if you can win that battle in there, it just gives you something. And I think having Gray on the break, again, I mean, there's lots of changes you could make to it. For me, the whole back four could be changed after the last day. Mm. Every, every single one of them. You know, realistically... You want to change your two full-backs. You want to change one of the centre-halves, at least, and try to bring Mina back in. But you can't do all that. You know, you can't just up, upheave the whole thing. Um, up front, I'd like to see Wobi brought back central, you know, just to try to link it. Sometimes he just gets isolated out there. He was really good early doors, maybe playing behind, but I don't see that happening. You know, just because we don't have the bodies, we don't have the wingers. Um if he's playing Sims up front, I think he needs to play someone up with him, yeah. you know, and, and try to give him the support. And if it is Malpay or it is Gray, I think it'd probably help. But I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he'll go to a four-four-two. I mean, are any of the, the midfielders are, are they capable? Say Manana and Ghana in the middle, probably. You know, I presume it's the Cora loses out. You know, is that comfortable? But with just with them, I would sooner have to have the five in the middle, have Ghana a little bit deeper, so that. Just give us a little bit more protection if they're breaking with their pace that we can kind of get across um, and, and try to cut out those pockets of space and just sit deep and try to catch them, you know, because they'll, as you said, they'll go hammer times. But the thing is, they'll keep coming. So they yeah. will get, they will be opened up and there will be spaces available and we just have to be clinical. We have to be able to kind of take our chances when they come and and, and they will. And, and that's, that's Leeds' problem. Like 2 nil up against United, they should have just shut it down, you yeah. know, but they're their in-game management is poor. I think that's something that we should be able to, you know, if Daesh can just frustrate them and if we can get something to hang on to, you know, we might be able to pick them off kind of again. That's, it's hopeful, but, you know, but I think I think it'll be really, really tense. But, you know, big games kind of at Goodison in the last couple of months have gone our way, you know, when, when, they, when we've really, really needed them, you know, fans have kind of dug it out. So I'm just kind of hoping for more of the same that we can... I won't say look forward to it to, to something next week, but just get this one out of the way and try to alleviate some of the pressure. Yeah, I, I think it's what Chris said. No, it's not rocket science, but the first goal is just absolutely vital here, Collie, because I think whoever concedes the first goal has to come out a little bit. I think Leeds come out anyway. So there's going to be there's going to be chances for us, but <coughs> excuse me, if we score first, I think we we'll get even more opportunities. But just getting that first goal, that's the the killer team. Yeah, <clears throat> and as I said already in, in the podcast there, statistics, statistics on scoring more than two in a game is is extremely poor, Joe. Um, in relation to a wall, we won the last mention, putting them back into the middle. I can't see it, um, especially if Coleman starts right full. Your man Gronto uh, from Leeds, is, he's a very, very quick player, and I think a wall would be used as that. Covering, you know, wing kind of winger. Similar to Martin Early. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling that's the way. Now, again, Percy, I, I actually think you could see a, a raft of changes tomorrow. I think, uh, <clears throat> I think Colgate could be brought in. I know Patterson's due to line up for the 21 tonight with Garner, so mm. they're not ready for tomorrow. I think Colgate, uh, I, I, I would prefer to see Godfrey come in at a left full. Wouldn't surprise me if he changes Mina and Kane for Tarkovsky and Cody. Todd Cody, his stats this year, Joe, and again, 
the stats this year has been awful. He, he talks a good game and, and I know he's a good leader, blah, 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 in the dressing room. But the mistake he made for the Liverpool second goal was horrendous from a, from a full-time professional. Um, you know, I know Richie's mentioned he couldn't really possibly change the full four. I think I think Michael Keane is well liked amongst the, the obviously Deutsch and his coaching staff. So it wouldn't surprise me to see a whole back four in there. Um, up front, I I don't I think Sim starts. Um, to be mm. honest with you, I really do. Um, purely and again going on the basis that his stature is the same as Carver Leon, but he doesn't he doesn't run into the channels as Carver Leon would. And then he'd be the owners would be on the Corey or Anana to get up as much as they can to 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 uh, help him out and and to have a second body up there. Ailing is right full for them. He's not the best, but he puts his heart and soul on on the line. I think Gray would 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 have the measure of him, particularly from a speed point of view. But you know, if you look at the likes of McNeil's and Awobi stats from the Arsenal game, you're looking at eleven, twelve k covered over the course of ninety minutes. Gray's highest amount this year has been eight point four k. So does Deutsch trust him to to get up and down the wing? I'd be surprised, Joe. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to see Gray back on the bench tomorrow. I just don't think he's he fits into a Deutsch team. And then finally, Joe, if if it is the thing that Sims uh, starts tomorrow, you would have to, if you were Mopay, wonder what exactly is going on here and what we doing here. You know, the the final thing I will say, Joe, about tomorrow's game, regardless which way it goes, I think tomorrow's game will be spoken about. Um, come the end of the season as to which way it ended up. If we come out on top and Leeds lose and Leeds go down, I think, you know, or vice versa, I think it's tomorrow's game that would be the one that will be looked at because, you know, I don't think we have a great record at Goodison at the moment, particularly against teams in and around us. Um, so I'd be very, very fearful um, of tomorrow's game. I just think they have a lot of pace and power going forward. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm on duty tomorrow and I'm working with two lads who are staunch lead supporters and we'll be watching the game together and they listen to this podcast. So um it's I, I, I the leads are in are in the bottom of the league or in around us in the league for a reason. That's the defensive line. But I just don't think we have enough going forward to trouble them that much. But our mm. the forward line Joe for me, it's a lot of speed and power and Winston McKenney is a cracking player and um, a player that I always liked and would have loved us to go for. Um, so they've a good few players going forward and that can hurt us, Joe. So I, I'm very, very fearful of tomorrow. Okay. Anyway, lads, if you listen, piss off off the team one and leave Paddy on his own. <laughs> right, listen, we'll get into predictions. Um, Chris, go with you first. Oh. <laughs> two, two more for Leeds. <laughs> Ah, Chris. Based on every other honest, home we, game we've we played yeah, this season. We've been doing this for, for a while, and every time you put us down to Leeds, we, we kind of get a, a positive result. So, okay. Rich? I'll go the other way. Um, just pure hope. think that we'll dig something out. Um, late winner, hopefully, and I'm going to go 2 1. 2 1, Okay, Carl? Um. Hearts as everyone heads as Leeds. I'm going to go 2 0 to Leeds. Yes, 
Pat, if you're listening now, go off to uh, T2 now and give Tony a slap around the head. Uh, I'm going to go with Rich. I'm going to 2-1. I think, uh, I could, like I said, I think the first goal is absolutely, I know it sounds stupid, but it's just so vital tomorrow. So I think if we get first goal, it's, it's a kind of throw all caution to the wind, then we could pick them off, get a second, and then like obviously we're going to concede. So we, we, we'll give them a late consolation goal hopefully well, uh, it's just a, it's not even a six pointer it's like a ten pointer it's mad it's just I don't know how we're in this position after like the Wolves and Southampton games especially we could have been like not out of trouble but well away from this but it's just typical Everton we don't do easy so uh, anyway Rich I'll see you in the morning in the airport Um might see you, Carl. Depends on where you are. If you're hiding from your two leads, mate. What, what time are you flying over? Uh, half past twelve, I think it is. Oh, yeah, we'll be around. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks for today. Uh, hopefully, right, we're lads. talking out next week about a win. But uh, oh, we just can't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. Right, lads. Thanks very much. Talk to us next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.